0: the way you breathe is how you live. You breathe how you live. So Mm. I think if someone has a lot of trauma, has a lot of negativity, negative thought patterns, has been conditioned in a certain way, it can all be inside of your breath. And the way that you're doing your breath is going to affect everything, mentally, physically, Mm -hmm. emotionally, spiritually, it's going to affect everything. So to me, as a person who's inside the breath and the working of the breath all the time. It's like how someone, I know you now, right? It's Mm -hmm. like, we just did the session together today. Mm -hmm. I know something fundamentally about you that I didn't know before. Yeah, me too. And and I know something that is unspeakable in a way. It's like, I, I understand the energy of you because I understand and can see it in your breath.
1: Welcome to Living 4D with Paul Check. Today's guest is business leader, breathwork specialist, and master facilitator for Effigy Worldwide, Sarah Charmoli. Sarah recently visited Paul to share the transformational power of Effigy Breathwork and the practices that make up their holistic program that support people in their personal consciousness work. Both Paul and Angie had some profound experiences during the breathwork session with Sarah, and we hope you enjoy today's episode as Paul talks with Sarah about breathing through it all. Please consider leaving us a five-star rating and a warm review at the top of the show page on Spotify or at the bottom of the show page if you are listening on Apple Podcasts. Your opinions matter, and your ratings help us to grow and help more people to be healthy, find freedom of body and mind, and to live their dreams. Welcome to Living
2: 4D with Paul Check. Today, we're going to talk about breathing through it all. My guest today is Sarah Charmoli. Did I say that right, Sarah?
0: Charmoli. Charmoli.
2: That's it. I'm glad I asked. (laughs) Otherwise, I've been maybe using your name wrong. That'd be terrible. (laughs) And I brought Sarah on the podcast at Nathan Riley's request, and I'm sure you've heard me mention Nathan's name many times. He's got a beautiful podcast, a Holistic OBGYN, if you're interested, I would check it out. And uh, Nathan worked with Sarah through his wife's birthing process, and he called me and said, you're not going to believe it, how quickly and easily Stephanie had her baby, and he told me all about your work with her, and... Mm. He really encouraged me to bring you on the podcast, and because I trust his judgment, I said, Okay, well, let me look into <laughs> it. And here we are, yeah. And uh, so welcome, thank you, nice to be here, thanks. And uh, so I also had Sarah show up a little early today, so Angie and I could go through a breathing session with her, particularly because I wanted to not only experience but differentiate it from. Things like the Wim Hof method and many of the other things floating around out there, and so as I said to Sh- uh, Sarah in our meeting, I don't want to just have another Wim Hof type podcast discussion because the world is now saturated. <laughs> I think Wim Hof, as much as I love him, he's right there with, uh, Snatam Carr. You know, her music was so popular <laughs> for a while. You. You couldn't go anywhere without hearing it and then i got to the point where i, I can't listen to that anymore <laughs> so i didn't want to torture everybody with with more uh who can hold their breath the longest type podcast
0: the world thanks you
2: oh, good. <laughs> yeah thank you i thank you and so uh, our experience was very interesting um i'll just start by sharing a bit about the experience i just had with sarah this morning um it was a very different experience angie was with us and she experienced the healing of several different emotional traumas that were hanging on. And she's done a fair bit of breathing work and, and many other means of healing. So it was quite interesting to see how powerful it was for her. Um, I had a different experience. I laughed a lot. <laughs> and I, I I had like a recounting of a long list of physical injuries, some of which hurt real bad during mm. the... I don't. think You probably noticed I kept pulling my legs up because it felt like my sacrum was going to mm-hmm. break in half, mm-hmm. and and it brought me back to a. Uh, as I was shared with you, I was doing wheelies with my son riding down a, a main road in La Jolla one time when he was younger, and I flipped over backwards, but I couldn't get my feet out of the pedals, and I landed right on my sacrum, probably going about twenty five miles an hour in the middle mm-hmm. of paved road, and it immediately put me into shock. I was literally laying there, my whole body went into shock mm. and, and I was freaked out because I was in a live road with cars and there was cars piled up all around us <laughs> waiting for the dead guy in the road to get out. <laughs> so it was kind of interesting because I, I, that was the first time I've had a um, experience of that trauma mm. uh, in, in anything that I've ever done. That was the first time it came back to me
3: mm.
2: and then I was just sort of experiencing all the areas of my body that were locked up. And then I had, as you know, a couple of periods of time where I was completely out of my body and I was just sort of blissing out in, I don't know what dimension I would call it, but something between here and anywhere else, you know? Um, yeah. It wasn't like an astral experience that I often have. It was, I don't know. I think the feeling that I had was, When you're in deep sleep and you're dreaming, but you also wake up in the dream and you know you're dreaming, which I do a lot of, which is when you become lucid in a dream. Mm -hmm. So I was aware that my body was with you, Mm. but I didn't, I, I sort of was just hovering and I was, in my third eye, I was horizontal, like I was laying on the ground, just like I was, but I was in a state of bliss, like I was just like blissed out. Mm-hmm. I wasn't thinking about anything. I was just like, oh, this is lovely. I'll stay here for a long time. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah.
2: So it was a a fun experience. Um I I thought maybe going in that I might have a recounting of a birth experience. Mm. I just kind of thought maybe I'll go through a rebirthing experience, but I didn't. So, it was it was an interesting experience. I really enjoyed it. It went by faster than I, I mean, when you said, okay, we're going to start coming back now, I thought, well, God, it's been that long already, because she said we were going to go an hour. So, it's surprising how quick it goes.
0: Yeah. I think the, well, what I said to you at the end around, like, you know, you're in and you alter your state, this, your state gets altered fairly quickly, mm-hmm. and it's like trying to define time and space
2: as. It's In, different, it's, yeah. yeah
0: it's, it's it can be um,
2: extra dimensional or something, yeah, definitely extra dimensional, mm-hmm. which is great. Now, Sarah, during our preparation meeting for the podcast today, you informed me that the that, that, well, first of all, the type of breathing you do is mm-hmm. called effigy,
0: effigy,
2: yeah, yeah, e f f i j i, that's right, yeah. So, if anyone wants to look it up, effigy, e f f i j i. And you said something that really caught my attention. I asked you what effigy means, and you said um, the loving celebration of removing masks. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, I found the second elaboration of effigy to be quite appropriate on many levels, considering what's going on in the world today with masks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I'd (laughs) love it if you could elaborate on the meaning of effigy for us.
0: Yeah, I mean, let me start with the origin of it. So sure. Eli- yeah. Elijah Nissenboim is my uh, colleague, mentor, friend, and effigy is really his work. I've, we've been working together for the past decade, mm-hmm. um, and he the effigy is of him. And this uh, word comes from something that he essentially made up, but effigy, E-F-F-I-G-Y, the definition is about... Um, is a mm-hmm. it's a mask it's that's how you that's the definition of that word yes. and so gji is um, a, a little contraction that is put on the end of Certain words in Indian culture, like, to like Guruji, yeah, like Guruji, Rajaji, um, Muraji. <laughs> Those are, I think, probably real people. It means um,
2: loved one, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, it's like an endearing, yeah, it's something to say to someone that is you're endeared to, you're mm-hmm. adored, Papaji, yeah, exactly. So, the an effigy. It, with E-F-F-I-J-I is this removing of the masks and mm. I, and, and to do it in a loving way. Mm-hmm. And I think why, um, Elijah, and over the course of my decade and doing this, it what I can see and how it sort of <laughs> pumps up the definition is around like, we human beings living in these very dense bodies and there's it's so complex right Mm -hmm. there's there's so much that we go through experientially and what we come in with and then just like what our genetics tell us and so to use your own breath as a way to even just be healthier or feel better Mm -hmm. is a way to remove these extra layers that we don't We don't really need, and to do it in a way where you're doing it, you're doing it with your own breath, your own life force, Mm -hmm. is far. It's just it seems like a that's a loving way to do it. You can nurture yourself. You know, you graduate past childhood, you become an adult, then you have to take care of yourself. (laughs) Mm.
4: Yeah,
2: (laughs) today you should probably start taking care of yourself as a kid because most parents aren't aware enough to help take care of their kids' bodies. Unfortunately, that's true. Since we're talking about masks. Do you think that there's a negative effect to all the mask wearing? That's a loaded question. Um, (laughs) Well, how about just being honest?
0: Yeah. Well, I think it's loaded for me because I have a personal opinion, and then I have more of, like, my uh, bigger opinion on it. And I I just think... i understand i guess from a a, a extremely outer point of view why that's a thing that people are doing Mm -hmm. but in my world it's like why why are we doing this if i look at everything metaphorically i look at things like this means this has to be indicative of something else it's like we're covering ourselves up we're masking ourselves and to me it's just like oh wow uh, when it first started kind of infiltrating culture more it was like I loved it because I love looking at people's eyes I think mm. people are so beautiful mm-hmm. and then it's like oh I don't as soon as someone talks they become a little more complex and mm-hmm. then it's like I don't know if I want to <laughs> deal with that but you look at someone's eyes it's like oh wow like their soul you can see the soul in someone's eyes people are so beautiful uh-huh. but then the, the more you get into it it's like but where's the rest of where is everybody where yeah. is everybody yeah, and uh, to me, it's like now that it goes on for so long, it's like, well, you people are are we hiding? Are we? What is everybody doing? I don't yeah. know. It's it, to me, it's more confusing. It confuses things.
2: Well, the reason I bring it up is because you know the ego. It, it really links to the word persona, mm. which links to the word mask in Greek. Right, 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 and it means to be somebody that you're not. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, a lot of breath work and healing in general is healing the parts of ourselves where we're being somebody that we're not, because that always produces a disconnect from the core of ourselves, our soul, right? The more masks you wear, the less you know who you are. Right. And so, for me, from a psychological perspective, and as a therapist, when I see this going on in the world, I think oh boy, more masks, it means we're getting further and further from the truth of ourselves and, and from who our core essence at a time when the world really needs to be brought together right. into community and into removing our masks, really, you know?
0: Don't don't you think, though, Paul, like, I see it sort of, I don't love the split that we're in. That's one of my where I get real angsty. It's like something happens and there's either one side or the other side. Mm-hmm. But in a weird way, it's like the way you describe that, it's like, oh, well, there's, in a way, the, the split actually is okay because it's like, well, maybe the people that are are in the loving community, maybe that bumps up a little bit. Maybe that gets stronger where it wouldn't have. And maybe <laughs> the other part isn't strong. I don't know. Maybe there's just... Well, me. I think
2: that's the mother in you Projecting what you would like to see for people's well being, yeah. but psychologically speaking, the research is deadly clear. I mean, all you got to do is look at the rate of family violence oh, and, no. and um, ADHD, ADD, depression, anxiety, and suicide. In the last two years, suicide has risen 300% amongst military personnel, right? Um, it's at the highest level it's ever been amongst children. And the rates are higher. So, as a therapist, I just read the dashboard and the dashboard says, bad news. (laughs) But anyhow, I don't want to drag us down with that. I just thought it was interesting because really the kind of healing work you do ultimately takes masks off. Yeah. You know, so it seems to me there's a lot of work for you out there.
0: I think there is.
2: And for your system. (laughs) Yeah. And I think... uh, we'll get into this a little later, so I'll save this comment for later. Sure. Um, you informed me that you suggest the use of breathing not as a means of conquering, but as a means to transform. Mm-hmm. I think this is an important concept. I've watched countless people, particularly young people, turn to, turning breathing exercises into another form of CrossFit competition, all the while um, not growing much in their personal professional or spiritual awareness i used crossfit not to bash crossfit but to make the point when people go practice beating the hell out of themselves in the name of fitness Mm -hmm. ultimately all they do is create long-term problems for themselves and a lot of pain and it's sort of you know the abuse of exercise from a scientific principle and it just makes me sad to see so much of it out there. So when I see, and I understand it because we don't really have any rites of passages for young people anymore. There's no initiation ceremonies. There's no way to determine when you're an adult anymore, but native cultures all had very carefully designed initiation ceremonies to bring men into manhood and women into womanhood. And so when I see all this going on, I, I see young people trying to push everything to the very extreme so that they can gain a sense of accomplishment and rise above the pain mm-hmm. and realize that they're capable of something the problem is is that you can take a good tool and and basically destroy its therapeutic value that way right which you know then it it becomes something other than than what it was intended to be. Um, the other thing is that it, it's resulted in a lot of people in the breath movement or breathing movement presenting themselves as kind of badass Navy SEAL types and mm-hmm. and pushing the limits of everything. And and so um, I'd like it if you could define the difference between the use of breath for conquering versus transforming. As well as the difference between the effigy method and Wim Hof method or other methods, if you sure. can distinguish, because Wimhoff obviously is the most famous. Right. And I don't think it's his intention to pre- produce Navy SEAL types, but the number of people that have come to my doorstep bragging about how long they can stay in the cold and what they can do with their breath work. It's really like a, a dick measuring contest amongst sure. men. Then, so it's lost any therapeutic content, which, like I said, I don't think that's what Wim Hof would have intended, right. nor many others. So I'd love it. I didn't feel that at all with your approach. Mm-hmm. Um, I found your approach very feminine, really, is the way I would describe it. I felt it's more like... You felt to me more like um, a highly skilled midwife guiding us through, uh, you know, a metaphorical birth canal of discovering whatever it was that was going to come our way. Sure. As opposed to, you can do it. Hang in there. Don't (laughs) give up. Yeah. Yeah don't be a pussy. (laughs) Well,
0: I think, you know, if I was a man giving the session to you, it might feel differently to you. But I think there's a, just to answer to that thing, I think it's both masculine and feminine. I think you have to be masculine in like focus on the breath, focus on the breath, stay with the breath. Like you have to make effort. Otherwise Mm -hmm. the body doesn't open up. It doesn't alter, but it doesn't work unless you're feminine. It doesn't work unless you're receiving. Yeah. So I think that's, it's kind of both, but I understand what you're saying mean about like these other things like the dick measuring contest for sure. Mm -hmm. I I think the, um, when we were talking about this before around transforming over conquering is what my work is about, what I think this is for. And I think, let me just disclaim that I think there's a time and a place to train your body, to train it, to make it do things, to elevate it, all those things. I think there's, they're worthy causes, but to use the breath as a way To um, to uh, to to conquer too, I think is a valuable tool, but that's not necessarily what I'm doing. And what I am doing is um, using it as a way to transform. And I think it, I can't talk about the transformation if I don't talk about resistance. Mm-hmm. So the resistance is the only thing <laughs> that if, if I could generally describe what I think people go through in the body or in this practice is around resistance. It's like the body is this, we are energy. We're not obviously just a mind. We're not just our thoughts. We're not even just a physical body. We're so much more.
2: Mm-hmm. And the
0: breath to me is just a way to access What we are. What we are. And the body (laughs) provides this beautiful place where we can hold things and also be free. But what we're talking about is uh, resistance. And resistances can come in many forms, right? They come in patterns. They come in phobias or emotions. Right. They come in these locked up traumatic things that happen to us that we might be able to heal from, right, on a physical level. But even given what angie went through this afternoon it's like oh you think you work on something on a physical or emotional level and then it, here it is it pops up it rears its head and it's like wow i have some more work to do here but you can just breathe into it into that resistance and then the it it can all move like all that energy can actually move and, and transform yeah so instead of it just being like i I feel this way, and then I'm going to go do this thing, and now i feel a different way. Right. But it doesn't necessarily take care of the thing that actually triggered the thing that you were yeah, feeling. Yeah, that's
2: one of the th- questions I'll, I'm going to bring up again on, from different perspectives. There's a saying I teach all of my students. The pain is seldom where the actual problem is. For example, I've seen many cases of rotator cuff problems that wouldn't heal even after surgery. But what most doctors and therapists overlook is that the right shoulder is under influence from the liver and the left shoulder the stomach. Once we apply the principles of detoxification, support digestion, and clear parasites, presto, shoulders start healing and working beautifully again. If you learn to see people holistically, like I teach my students in Holistic Lifestyle Coaching Level 1, you begin to see the true source of our illnesses and injuries. HLC1 teaches you many essential approaches to health and well-being, such as how to assess what key body systems are under too much stress and how to restore balance, the importance of identifying a realistic dream, goal, or objective that inspires each individual to stick to their healing program and make the short and long-term changes that are necessary, my universally applicable 1-2-3-4 formula for assessing and correcting challenges. How to breathe optimally to enhance energy levels and mental clarity. How to use gentle movements to work in and enhance life force energy and support optimal immune function. How the function and health of the soil that food is grown in influences all systems of the body, including our mental-emotional stability, and much more. HLC1 is just a small part of what we teach our Czech Academy students, our education system for elite trainers and health professionals. Gavin Jennings and I designed the Academy to take you from wherever you are right now, even if you have no fitness or health education, to being one of the best holistic health and performance professionals on this planet. And as a Czech Academy student, you'll be able to help a lot of people reach their health goals in ways you never imagined. There is, in my opinion, nothing more rewarding and meaningful in life than helping other people look, feel, and live better. We are now accepting applications into the Czech Academy, so whether you're wanting to change your career or add a truly effective new dimension to your current skill set, now is the time to apply. Go to chekinstitute.com forward slash L4Dacademy. That's checkinstitutecom forward slash L4Dacademy. Let's make the world a better place together. I've had... More people that have come to me after breathing workshops with all sorts of interesting things to say that and 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 often they 're patients and I have a probably the most comprehensive system of analysis in the world so if there 's any changes for the better or worse i 'm probably the one guy that 'll spot them or someone that 's <laughs> yeah. been trained by me as yeah. many of the most famous athletes in the world can attest to
0: yeah I, I think the the uh, to have a free happy life i mean that's general but like if you want to be free in your life then there, you have to work on yourself mm-hmm. right it's like i don't know any human being that doesn't have suffering or doesn't come in with something that they've got to work out or work on yeah. and so to me i'm just i'm interested in like how do i get to the thing that needs to clear or move or change so yeah. that i can be more free
2: yes i mean you as a person or for other people uh, but both yeah
0: it's like i think everybody's got purpose Every- oh yeah everybody's got purpose right it's like everyone's meant to come and influence mm-hmm. and be inside of their life in the specific way that they're meant to come and be in that life yes and i think some people get to it and some don't maybe maybe not. well I-,
2: I think you're right uh um I have to bite my tongue because you just opened up a philosophical door that's very big, but uh, (laughs) I'll save that for another day because that's something I have a lot to say about. Mm. But uh, my short answer is everybody's here as part of a story that's being told by the cosmos. Yeah. And the two aspects of the story is if you find out what your role in the story is, then there's a deep sense of connection and fulfillment that carries you through your life, regardless of what challenges come your way. Agreed. But if you don't find your role in the story, then mostly what you experience is challenges in life, and you can feel very, very alone, and, and uh, that can lead you to leaving the world wondering why the hell you were here. Yeah. So there's the very short version of my view. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: We could talk a long time about that, I'm sure.
2: Yeah. One question uh, I've asked many that have a lot of knowledge on breathing, which I've never gotten uh, the answer that I have found myself, is Hmm. where do you feel our impetus to breathe from and for our heartbeat? to beat comes from beyond any biochemical or physical conception.
0: Well it's interesting actually I read this question and not something that like I've thought of in a real direct sort of linear way. Mm-hmm. I read
2: the question, I'm like, oh wow. It's a very hard one to answer in a direct linear way unless you have about a thousand million years to do the steps. <laughs>
4: right. You know? Right.
2: And, and I I asked this question because of near-death experiences that I've mm-hmm. had. And so I, especially as, I, you know, I studied respiratory physiology and I've worked with countless people with all sorts of problems in my career, but I had to understand respiratory physiology because it's very essential for rehabilitation of the musculoskeletal system for many, many different reasons. But um, having done... Experiments with myself, such as going underwater and seeing how long I can hold my breath, and feeling the body's urge to breathe, and also knowing that people like Wim Hof all hit a ceiling where they too have to breathe. When I was doing a lot of this research on myself, I, I just sort of emptied myself of mind and and just held the question with this awareness that if i cannot stop myself from breathing consciously it means something wants to breathe me so what i did is i went into a series of meditations and asked my soul to guide me to show me what is really going on why is it that we're all breathing and why is it that it's so hard for us to kill ourselves like it's n- it's not an easy thing to do to kill right. yourself and right. so i showed you my check totem pole yeah at the top of it is the psyche but the second step is breathing mm-hmm. Breathing's the most important physiological function in the body without mm-hmm. it you know nothing else matters you can go without food and water and anything else a lot longer than you can without breath that's true so i climbed up to the top of the totem pole where the psyche lives and said to my psyche what's breathing me and through a series of meditations i was shown that we're all being breathed by source and the breath my soul showed me that every atom in existence is breathing there's nothing that doesn't breathe even subatomic particles breathe and if you look at the relationship between protons electrons and neutrons they're in a dynamic relationship where energy is flowing in and out with information all the time Mm. So in a nutshell, what my soul showed me is that you're breathing because the universe is breathing and everything's breathing. And that in-breath and out-breath is actually the flow of energy and information between what Bohm called the implicate order, which is the absolute, the dimension of energy that is so vast and so fast in vibration that it can't be measured, Mm. where past, present, and future are all one. And then the explicate order is the domain of that which you can see way measure from anything you can see even an ele- uh, you know, a subatomic particle up because it's there you can s- it, you, you can calculate it right mm-hmm. so the movement of consciousness goes from what would be classically thought of as unconscious but at, at the level of spirit it's super conscious into its own creation of itself which is everything including us so i found that the impulse for the heartbeat and the impulse for the breath is a mirror of the impulse of the whole cosmos to, to live. In other words, it's the life force of the cosmos mirroring itself in all creatures.
0: Yeah. I mean, if, uh, well, that's a very well thought out question, <laughs> answer to your question. Um, yeah. Well, I spent a yeah. <laughs> lot of time, I, I don't
2: like not knowing things that are important to me. As a teacher, I think it's my responsibility to find. I always like to say, what causes that? What causes that? Right. And if you can't get to an impasse that where there's no possible answer, then you're just being lazy. So I don't like to be lazy. So I, I investigate. And, and because you're skilled at breathwork, I just wondered if you'd ever asked yourself that question well I
0: think it's something that lives inside of me like it's yeah. it's a living breathing thing inside of me literally mm-hmm. that I live and breathe this my work I do it every day all mm-hmm. the time on myself and others so like the answers to these things live in inside of me all the time and I think my answer isn't that different than yours actually Soul. I, yeah it's like I think there's <laughs> In a, in a way, like the human experience, this body that we're living in is um, is simple, even though it's complex. And in the simple way that our human body is in this dimension, I think we're looking for connection. Mm. I think that's why we breathe. I think mm-hmm. that's why the heart beats. It's like we can connect. We're connected to Mother Earth. We're connected mm. to the cosmos and everything beyond. Mm-hmm. And. To me, the breath is the only thing that can do it. It's the one thing we can make conscious Mm -hmm. of biological function that we need to to live. We can affect, like, I can't, I mean, there's probably people that would disagree with me, but I can't be like, hey, liver, stop doing that liver thing. Now start doing that liver thing. Mm -hmm. But you can say, hey, lungs, take a breath, Mm -hmm. or stop breathing, or Mm -hmm. whatever, you can, you can influence it yeah so to me in that influence in the consciousness of that Mm -hmm. the breath becomes the bridge a heartbeat becomes a bridge Mm -hmm. to have deep connection Mm -hmm. and i think that's
2: i like that that's a that's a nice way to perceive it i think um you know mine's more of a a state of the nature of of life itself yours is more of a really has more to do with love because it's about connection yeah you know so you could say that love is breathing us and making our heartbeat i think so i think so too good answer that's approved that's probably approved that's probably the best answer i've ever gotten by the way from anybody
0: really yeah i'm like just i'm patting myself on the back
2: you should yeah good job What do you feel some of the essential functions of oxygen are in the body? But uh, by the way, I'll, I'll say, I asked yeah. that question before I did your workshop or your practice with you. Mm-hmm. That's a physiological question, but yeah. if, if you have answers, you can.
0: Well, I mean, I think I what I said to you is like, I come at this not from physiological or science. I come at it from the mystical, from mm-hmm. the magical, from the esoteric. Mm-hmm. So I look at oxygen as life force. Yeah. Uh, and, and pure pure energy mm-hmm. and i look at it as um in every bit of breath that you can put into your body it's every bit of the universe entering mm. and healing and being medicine mm. so as the, as far as an essential function of oxygen like it is the universe inside of you
2: yeah it is i'll leave it at that I won't give everybody a physiology lesson. (laughs) Um, But, you know, most people don't know what oxygen does inside of them. So Mm -hmm. I just thought because I was having a breathing conversation with you, but having been through your approach and spent more time in your presence, I just feel that your answer is good enough. Um, What goes wrong with people's breathing and why, in your opinion?
0: I think uh, this is something that's in the core of the effigy philosophy, which is how you do anything is how you do everything. Uh-huh. So, um,
2: I wonder what that makes me.
0: <laughs> really, um, I don't know, excellent at breathing, so excellent at your life? I don't
4: know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'll take
0: it. I've complimented Paul, everyone. Um, uh, well, so I think people in their breathing, the way you breathe is how you live. You breathe how you live. So Mm -hmm. I think if someone has a lot of trauma, has a lot of negativity, negative thought patterns, has been conditioned in a certain way, it can all be inside of your breath. And the way that you're doing your breath is going to affect everything mentally, physically, Mm -hmm. emotionally, spiritually, it's going to affect everything. So to me, as a person who's inside the breath and the working of the breath all the time it's like how someone i know you now right Mm -hmm. it's like we just did the session together today Mm -hmm. i know something fundamentally about you that i didn't know before yeah me too and and i know something that is unspeakable in a way it's like I, i understand the energy of you because I understand and can see it in your breath. Mm. And that comes with a decade's worth of <laughs> seeing thousands of people do it and yeah. picking up and understanding patterns and all of that. But Probably
2: it, saw the typical alpha male. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you're doing a lot of efforting. There's a lot of effort and there's a lot of um, mind inside of your breath yeah. there's a lot yeah. of your mind inside of your breath and it's inside the mind is a lot of control and it's um <laughs> it's how and so how you're doing it is how how you are i'm not saying it as a criticism no i understand yeah so i think as far as the question is what I think those- part
2: of it was i'm trying to make sure i'm doing it right <laughs> yeah because <laughs> right. i kept hearing you saying do this do that so i'm like yeah. okay am i doing this right <laughs> yeah and as i told you It's a very unnatural way for me to breathe.
0: Right. You've trained yourself in another direction.
2: Well, I trained myself to be physiologically ideal as an athlete. Right. And for my own meditative purposes. Sure. You know, like when I want to calm my mind, I don't breathe the way you had me breathing. I can tell you that. Right. Or I would just, my mind would be going a million miles an hour. (laughs) But I found with yours that it did go a million miles an hour. And then all of a sudden it just went Right. Like a balloon popping. Right. So as I was getting there, not having been through this technique before, I was trying to say, okay, am I doing this right? And I kept having to concentrate on breathing in my chest and not Mm -hmm. letting my diaphragm get so involved. So I think that's partly why you were feeling so much mind is because I'm trying to do this thing. Right.
0: Right. And look, if we did it again, Mm. now that you know that…
2: I would you could uh, do it differently right yeah, i would relax my head because i wouldn't have to i would say okay i know what to do now
0: right right but your question is what goes wrong with people's breathing and why i mean that's a, it's infinite mm-hmm, yeah, i think it it, it, the you have to look at every you have to ask the every single person every single person has their stuff mm-hmm. and so if something is wrong with someone's breathing to me oh, like there's something so deep underneath the surface that I feel like can clear, like I think about, um, People that I've worked with with anxiety. Mm-hmm. It's like in this practice, it's almost like you're recreating an anxiety attack, mm-hmm. but you're doing it from consciousness. Yeah. So people have all these problems with their breath and they feel like, oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. And they're in this, it, but they're in just a safe room, usually a little studio with nice blankets and pillows and things. But the experience that they're having is so intense and it's so, it feels so bad. Mm-hmm. But you can, it essentially recreate like an anxiety attack but doing it from consciousness it can mm-hmm. clear i've worked yeah. with people that come and do one session with me and never have another panic attack again
2: yeah i don't doubt it yeah
0: so i feel like you know what goes wrong is what people need to work on yeah. people need to work on that's where everybody goes wrong mm-hmm. is ignoring what's there
2: well that's certainly not the answer i expected but i'll leave it at that hmm. i mean it's fine <laughs>
0: Paul has expectations. <laughs> well, no, meaning
2: meaning that if I was to ask uh, Kirsty what goes wrong with people's breathing and why, mm. she would give me a very very different answer mm. as an athlete and a Czech professional. Yeah. And if I asked a doctor, they would tell me all sorts of stuff. Yeah. So uh, all I'm saying is that the way you answered the question was was kind of very um, different than I expected I would get but but having spent time with you it's exactly what I would expect now mm-hmm. so it's all good you know enzymes are one of the most important things we can use to supplement our diet very few people have normal levels of digestive enzymes it's extremely common to be digestive enzyme deficient because so many people are eating cooked foods processed foods packaged foods etc the best Digestive enzymes I've ever found are mass by bioptimizers. And one of the things I like about them is not only are they the most advanced technology for how they're produced, the science behind them, but I take them on an empty stomach every morning and every night as proteolytic enzymes to help clean my body. So I've got Wade here, who's the formulator of these enzymes, to tell us how do they work as digestive and proteolytic enzymes, because today I think we really need to be supplementing with high quality enzymes. So Wade, what's unique about Masszymes? Well, one of the interesting things is undigested
5: protein is one of the biggest contaminants that cause problem for people, whether it's in their blood or inflammatory conditions or even impairing recovery. And it's quite common amongst athletes who have high protein diets. Interesting enough, we're looking to add recovery, but they're not breaking down their protein effectively. And that was my case way back in the day as a former bodybuilding champion. So we set about cultivating and developing an enzyme formulation that handled all of the amino acids in a pH range from two to 12, as well as providing an assortment of assistant enzymes. In other words, it doesn't just break down protein, it handles carbohydrates, it handles fats, it handles fibers, a variety of different things, and they work synergistically together to make sure that you can break down just about any food and digest it properly. Now, when you talk about the difference between enzymes, there's digestive enzymes and systemic enzymes. Systemic enzymes such as like natokinase or serapeptase. Well, they work, they don't help break down digestion, but they can break down inflammation or inflammatory conditions, undigested proteins or scarring tissue inside the body. Well, it turns out when you take mass on an empty stomach, it works exactly the same way. It will go into the bloodstream and now works as a systemic enzyme, reducing inflammation, accelerating recovery times. Matt just tore his Achilles tendon and made a full recovery after surgery within a few weeks, which they expected for many months. He was taking as many as 100 a day. Now, I'm not suggesting people do that, but this was an extreme condition. And the bottom line is Masszymes is great for recovery, for cleaning up undigested proteins in the system, as well for digesting just about any meal. If this isn't the best digestive enzyme or systemic enzyme that you've ever taken, you get your money back. That's the Bioptimizer guarantee.
2: Right now you can get a bottle of Masszymes for free. All you need to do is pay a small shipping fee and there's no catch. There's no tricks, no forced continuity, nothing to cancel. They are so confident in their products that they offer a 365-day money-back guarantee, so I'm positive you'll be satisfied with the results. So I strongly suggest you head over to the Optimizers website and grab your bottle before they either run out or take this offer away. Go to masszymes.com forward slash paulfree. That's M-A-S-S-Z-Y-M-E-S dot com forward slash paulfree, all one word. You will automatically get access to your unique coupon code to claim your free bottle. Limit one per household. Offer is valid while supplies last. You're going to love their products. Go get it now before they run out. These are excellent products. I use them all the time. One issue that's come up with repeatedly since, particularly since Wim Hof, because, you know, you got to give him credit. He's got more people breathing than anybody out there.
0: It's good business. Yeah. This business good for my business.
2: Yeah, it is. <laughs> and and so I'm going to ask you something that I've observed, because I've had too many people that count now. A lot of them elite athletes, because I work with a lot of elite athletes. Um, they come to me. I do a comprehensive analysis on them. And they've been to all sorts of breathing workshops, and they're doing the practices, a lot of them, you know, because it enhances their performance or whatever way they apply it, be mm-hmm. it, uh, be it for spiritual reasons or for, for athletic reasons. But every single one of them's had a significant breathing pattern disorder, mm. and none of them have ever been taught in any breathing workshop how to take a normal breath. Mm. So you end up with, for example, people that only breathe with their chest. That's a chest breathing pattern. The worst one physiologically is called an inverted breathing pattern. Mm. So when people inhale, they tighten their abdominals Mm -hmm. and that will set you up for hyperventilation and anxiety issues. And it winds up your sympathetic nervous system. It stimulates adrenaline and cortisol production. And then people can't relax. They're always jacked up. And then they get tired because the system's revved up so high, they actually don't get a good deep sleep anymore. Mm -hmm. So then they start drinking lots of coffee and eating lots of sugar. And it's a real downhill spiral. Right. So I've always been just enamored by the fact that there's all these people teaching breathing workshops, but no one's teaching people how to breathe. Yeah. Right. So I was just curious. Um. What your thoughts are on that, and the reason I think it's important is because, you know, having experienced your approach, it is very healing. But one of the problems is, as a therapist with a lot of experience, I can tell you, if you leave a person with a breathing pattern disorder, they'll go recreate all sorts of problems for themselves. So it's kind of like taking from Peter to pay Paul. (laughs) Everybody ends up with a deficit somewhere along the line. Right. And... Because of physical trauma and emotional trauma and biochemical imbalances and um, a myriad of things I could list off, Mm -hmm. whenever there's a breathing pattern disorder, it's always a compensation for something. The body's trying to figure out how to get oxygen into the system Mm
3: -hmm.
2: the only way that it can to keep the person alive. Mm -hmm. But frequently with athletes, for example, it's a physical trauma that's induced that Most therapists don't know enough about breathing patterns to even, or they don't take the time to do it. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is the athlete, or the individual ends up having a breathing pattern disorder. And then when they get into heavy training where they're breathing a lot, it drives the pattern deeper. Mm -hmm. But because these breathing pattern disorders alter our gas exchanges and the balance between the sympathetic and the parasympathetic system, Mm -hmm. their minds start widening up, and then they start getting into a lot of fearful thinking and critical Mm -hmm. thinking, and they don't realize it's a breathing pattern disorder. Right. And I've had many people that have been to tons of breathing workshops and have all these problems. And I said, well, part of it is you don't know how to breathe. Yeah. And then I got to show you what stretches to do and what joint mobilizations to do, because even if I show you right now, you're not going to be able to do it. Right. But once they learn how to breathe properly, which is Mm -hmm. why I have a hard time not breathing properly, then all of a sudden their mind is calm and they can meditate more deeply Mm -hmm. and they digest their food better and they're not craving stimulants all the time. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, I personally, I see that as a huge black hole in the breathing community. And yeah. I just was curious what your thoughts are on that.
0: Yeah. I think well, I think there's two things here. One is um, there's the, tr- there's a training that be- people are in some breathing disorder, right? And yeah. then there's a training that needs to happen. So to like walk themselves back out of that. And then there's healing. So I think there's two different roads here. And from, my point of view like both things are leading to one road which is the not being natural yeah right so to from what i'm doing is not about training i'm not training anybody to do anything with their breath well, uh uh-huh. you're what, tra-
2: you're you're helping them heal i'm te-
0: helping them to heal yeah so to me it's like you come to my class i'm not going to teach you how to breathe but i can show you how to use your breath yeah to Get yourself a little bit distanced from the very thing that put you in that disorder in the first place.
2: Yeah. Unless it's a breathing pattern disorder.
0: And well, yeah, I mean, I, what do you mean?
2: I mean, if someone comes to you and they don't have normal act- activation of their respiratory system, sure, you're going to be able to access what you can.
0: Right. With the okay, technique I see what you're, saying. you're
2: using, right. but I'm telling you that they're going to walk out the door and their <laughs> right. disorder is going to repeat the pattern.
0: Right. And I mean, look, if someone comes and they say, I really want to work on this with you, then I've got... Tools in my toolbox to look at this, and using the breath work, and then other ways to yeah. to look at that. So it's uh, it can be more thorough than that. But just yeah. to come one time, like yeah, how everybody does anything is how they're going to do anything, right? right. So they're going to come. They might ch- they might get some benefit from it for a minute, but like what you're talking about is like deep patterning mm-hmm. and deep trauma. And then you're trying to, and I think this is where you're the expert of like walking people back out and giving people tools mm-hmm. to actually retrain, retrain, yeah, to, to you get see, back into the natural. You're
2: state. right. My, my, my concern is I don't want medicine to be superficial. Yeah. Otherwise you become a breathing addict, but right. you still have the problem. Just like I see people doing shamanic journeys, weekend after weekend but they're the same idiot they were two years ago they just wasted a lot of drugs
0: yeah i mean look this is you've opened up a pandora's box of what it means to be a student
2: mm-hmm.
0: or what it means to like actually work on yourself and i think the beautiful thing that's happened out in our world and the zeitgeist is that there's a lot of modalities there's a lot of things being offered that people have access to where we didn't before yeah. so people are like oh i'm gonna go do this shaman workshop yeah. i'm gonna do this sound bowl mm-hmm. healing i'm gonna take this yoga class and then they think they're on some healing path or healing journey but mm-hmm. a lot of People don't really know what it means to have deep spiritual practice, to have right. a teacher to follow and really study
2: something. Yeah, and
0: and so I think that is more a bigger problem. Yeah, of it's kind of like, like
2: consumerism in the healthcare market. <laughs> it is.
0: I call them spiritual junkies.
2: Yes, yes, yeah. Well, cool. I just you you know you're a very intelligent woman and and you're well spoken. And I wanted to post that question because it's been a concern of mine. I tried to get Wim Hof on my podcast and it just kept not working out. Yeah. And, I... I, and that was one of the questions I wanted to post to him because I've yeah. had plenty of people come from Wim Hof teachers that have these problems that I then address. And now they can get really into a deeper breathing practice. Right. So it always been a bit baffling to me how something so fundamental gets pushed to the side, but I also understand what you're saying. I, I I think part of it for me is because I'm someone who's devoted my entire life to right. to really understanding physical, emotional, mental reality yeah, and, and
4: the trauma beautiful, and
2: how it all fits together. Right. I just hate seeing people go shopping, thinking they're getting one thing and getting something else, but then misunderstanding that they the tool that they think they're using for one thing isn't really what they're getting. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, <sighs> like someone that goes to buy a car, uh, because, Like, may they go to buy a truck because they got a garden and they or a farm they want to tend to. But then the small prince says, "You can only put five hundred pounds in this truck." I'm like, "Well, that's not a truck, guys. Uh, That's two suitcases." Yeah,
0: (laughs) yeah. I mean, I think what you're talking about is very advanced. Like you're in a you're you're talking about an advanced thing of mm, how do we help ourselves and not hurt ourselves?
2: Yeah. Well, I guess so. I'm sorry. (laughs) Don't mean to be so advanced. (laughs) You're so advanced. I just try to, I just like to take care of people. Me too. Yeah, I know you do.
0: Well, I do want to say just one thing, too, on that, Mm -hmm. too. I think that quantum healing is possible. Yeah. Meaning that I think it's possible that someone, I believe in the possibility that someone could come and do a class with me that Mm -hmm. comes with this breathing disorder, Yeah, and they do a series of classes. They could do one class, do a series of classes, and they... Can change.
2: It's possible.
0: I do think it's possible. It is
2: possible. I'll, I'll leave it at it's yeah. possible, but it's rare.
0: It's f- totally rare.
2: <laughs> it's possible.
0: <laughs> I think it's possible.
2: Aubrey Hepburn, an actress, mm-hmm. showed her genius when she said, nothing's impossible, the word itself says, I'm possible. <gasps> Nothing's impossible. The word itself says I'm possible. And so I agree with you. You say that breath is a means of watching the dance, and there are many Mm -hmm. dances going on in people's minds (laughs) and bodies most of the time. Could you elaborate on watching the dance for us?
0: Yes, I can. Um, I think effigy is uh, simple in what it is and then complex in what it brings up. And I think it's complex in what it brings up because it uh, hits on a bunch of different levels. It does. It hits on the mental level, physical, emotional, spiritual. Those are just my top four. Um, mentally, um, the mind is, uh, I, in my opinion and in my observation, it's just like the biggest problem we all have, the mind.
2: It's the biggest It's the biggest problem and it's the biggest gift. Agreed. It's a double-edged sword. Right. Like everything, sex, drugs, yeah. money relationships. Everything. They can turn you into God and they can turn you into the devil.
0: Right. The mind, from my point of view, is that the mind's meant to be a channel. Mm -hmm. It's like it's it's the, t- the listening mechanism from the universe, from God, from spirit, from wherever. It's a listening mechanism. But we're so busy, like, we got to do this, and it's got to do that, and it's got to do and all the things. So I
2: want this. I want that. I want it I'll, all. I'll only feel better if I have more money. Right.
0: <laughs> or more sex, or more food, right. or more land. Or- if only I'm skinny enough, I'm going to have the man of my dreams (laughs) people think that yes um (laughs) so i think um the dance can be very complex and i think the mind is at the top of that list because you start using your breath to alter your state the 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 mind can only be good for uh one thing at least for a short period of time to just focus on the breath focus on the breath focus on the breath yeah. So I think the the mind is one thing when you start altering your state with your breath. That so there's a, a to me it's almost like you can get into a separation between like what is me, real me, authentic natural open of the universe me and yeah. what is small me. Mm-hmm. And so the mind is one of those monkey things that can jump around that you can start to watch from almost like a separated perspective inside of this practice because you're doing something consciously. So to me, it's like, that's the only way I know how to describe it. And I can really only say from what I observe and in my own personal experience doing it. It's like there's a, some separation that can happen. But then the physical body too, this is one of my most favorite subjects when talking about the breath is like, the physical body can do all sorts of crazy things, right? It's like mm-hmm. it can be very intense in the body. It can be like electricity coursing through your body, and it's so un- it can be very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It can be even really painful. But if you can keep breathing, mm-hmm. and who gives a crap what is going on physically in the body, if you can keep your mind and your body and your breath open and relaxed yes you can do anything
3: mm-hmm.
0: right it's like yeah. it's to me that's part of watching the dance it's like oh my body's doing this thing mm-hmm. and it it hurts really bad but i'm open mm-hmm. i'm still open and i think that's how healing happens yeah it's like to just stay with the breath mm-hmm. to watch to pull yourself out and to look and to see mm-hmm. and know that you can still go when you had left um the room earlier, Angie and I were talking about that. I was like, I think equally as profound as what she went through in the process, the equally profound is that
2: she kept going. Oh, she's tough as nails, man.
0: Yeah, it's like, I see that so much of like people that they're dealing with so much, but they don't stop breathing. Mm-hmm. They stay with it. They stay in the dance. Yeah. They stay in the me- in the meditation, in the medicine yeah. of it. And to me, like, that's so powerful to know that like, I can keep going. I can- I can keep looking, I can keep digging here.
2: That's the first step really to converting yourself from a person who's being used by their mind to someone who uses their mind as a, an effective tool is to Totally. is to get see if you if you if you're caught in your mind, you're really living in the unconscious. And so you yeah. always think someone else is making your life miserable or <laughs> yeah. you know, there's always a a whole bunch of my life would only be better if type conversations going on in people's heads. But when a person devotes even a few minutes a day, I tell people, if you just do this before you go to bed, just review your day, but review it as a witness. And in, in, in the most important to, person to witness in that is you. So if you had mm-hmm. a heated conversation, can you witness that conversation as love and say, what would love do now, and see how your interaction went, and then say, okay, now that I can see that, Mm. or I can see that I wasn't listening, or I can see that I was insecure, or I can see that I was too demanding, or that I was being disrespectful, whatever. Now you're detached from your unconscious, and the act of observing the, the incident changes it, because Mm -hmm. it brings you into a state of awareness. So you've risen up out of the entanglement. Mm -hmm. So you're stepping back. And I think with breathing practices, they definitely bring your mind right up to the surface Mm -hmm. on many levels. And so I think the concept of, you know, watching the dance is a very important um, concept in order for us to learn to separate ourselves from our mind Because otherwise you start to really believe that you are your thoughts. Right. And that's where all the extreme dieting comes from. That's where all the extreme exercise comes from. Mm -hmm. That's where almost all the extremes that lead to health and relationship and life and the shit going on in the world right now comes from believing your own thoughts and and making decisions. If you make a decision from an entangled position then you haven't really thought about it. You've right. been done. Right. You're really a puppet. Yeah. And I think at this time in the world, people really need to step back and breathe and witness and ask, what am I really seeing here? Not only inside, but outside. And, and because if you don't get to that point where you can wit- witness it as a detached observer, you cannot see what your options are.
0: Right. And I think it, what, uh, one thing I think you're saying, and not saying, but oh goodness, we're, gonna, we're both saying it, is I think it's about slowing down. Yeah. Like, the, uh, this is what I think is deep inside of what Effigy is about. Any kind of breathing practice, it's like, what does everybody do when they're triggered, traumatized in speed some kind of- They <laughs> speed up. Yeah. Everybody speeds up. No one's like, oh, this person just came at me with their attack. No one's like, hey, give me a second. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let myself feel this.
2: That's where the and old I'm count to 10 lesson- Right, you know, comes in so
0: brilliant. Why isn't anyone doing that? (laughs) Yeah, it takes a lot of. It
2: takes. I think the answer to that question, which is an important, why isn't anyone doing that? Mm -hmm. I'll tell you why. Because the ego is a control freak, Mm
3: -hmm. and
2: if we slow down and take ten seconds to ask what's really going on here, or what's really being communicated, or what what is it that I really want. The ego thinks it's not going to get what it wants. Right. So the ego is like a woodpecker that won't stop drilling that hole. It's got to get that needle. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, but the reality of it is, is the pain that that creates often pushes you to a point where you have got to hold still. Yeah. Or illness will ground you. Yeah. And then you often come to the realization that. What I thought I wanted isn't what I want. Right. But you have to end up in pain to figure it out. Right. So, you know, one of the things that in my own life, because I'm a, you know, fiery ass kicking, you know, (laughs) alpha male, go get the fucking job done, quit complaining kind of guy, but I've had to really carefully look at my own life and my own situations and realize that sometimes my intensity to make things happen actually is um causing stress in people around me oftentimes cuz they can't keep up or they're not learning things that i think are so damn obvious that mm-hmm. i'm like what's wrong with you you can't see how those two dots <laughs> connect you know so i get yeah. jacked up and so uh you know just to keep peace in my own life and my own relationships i've kind of had to st- slow down so i can see what's unfolding and it takes time and patience and commitment really commitment to your own life is what it boils down to um but then what happens you know and i'm 60 so i've had i've i've fucked a lot of things up so i've had plenty (laughs) of knocks on the door going hey dumb shit you're you're not so smart after all this is the 50th (laughs) time you've created this problem (laughs) when are you gonna get it and yeah. so so the, the point is, is you get to a certain point, I think, where you realize, I'm better to take time each day to get into witness mode, see the dances that are around me and mm-hmm. what's scary, stressful, or potentially problematic, and then see what I can bring in f- from a perspective of wanting the best for everybody involved. Mm-hmm. And I find that has made my life much more efficient. Yeah. But I think it takes a while to get there to where you realize how important it is.
0: I think what you're talking about is process. Mm-hmm. You have a process. Yeah. In how to deal with everything. It's a in feminine
2: a process.
0: Yeah. But I think most people don't. No. Most of the people that shadow my doorway that come and take my class or I work with them, they have no idea how to do their life at all.
2: I know. It's sad, isn't it? It's
0: sad. It's like, oh, wow. Like, you don't even know what you need. Right. You don't even know what you need and nor are you asking the question to yourself, what do I need Yeah, in this moment? Mm -hmm. There just is this uh, continual speeding up of the process. And then Mm -hmm. they, like you say, they end up sick or in pain or whatever.
2: Yeah. Hi everybody. I'm here to tell you about one of my favorite symbiotica products called the Omega. And it is called the Omega because it's the Omega. So I've asked Sherveen to come in and give us the lowdown on the Omega. And I can tell you before he starts talking about it, it tastes damn good and my kids love it. So Sherveen, what's the Omega going to do to help any one of us that we need help with?
6: Well, there's so many things that once you take the omega, that it immediately does in the body. But you know, let's focus a little bit on the astaxanthin that's in there. Mm-hmm. As you know, you've probably seen videos of me where you know, we have our astaxanthin facility outside of Reykjavik in Iceland, and that's where we grow that microalgae, and that's where we extract it as well. Astaxanthin is the strongest antioxidant in nature. We know that. And astaxanthin is nature's protector to outside energies. What's an outside energy? Oxidation, right. sunlight, anything out there that can cause things to get old, to get withered down and yeah. break down. And it's the algae's protective force. Right. So we take on that energy along with omega-3 DHA. EPA. We also have organic sea buckthorn in there. This is omega 3, 6, 7, and 9. So we're hitting it on all levels. We also put phosphatidylcholine in there, which bridges it all together. So with this product, you're getting full skin protection, you're getting brain protection, cognitive protection, you're getting all the things that you would need in an oil that's protective. So I look at the Omega as a protective balancer for our modern lifestyle. And it, I know
2: I know, Mona loves it. Is it good for kids at pretty much any age?
6: Absolutely. It's good for mothers. It's good for children. It's good for the elderly. This is universal. And with all those fatty acids, it must be great for mothers that are breastfeeding. Absolutely. I mean, this is what she'll pass on to the child and she'll know where it comes from. It's not coming from China. It's coming from a wild heirloom strain in Nova Scotia. It's coming from Iceland. It's all cold pressed. It's the best ever. It's probably one of our best formulas.
2: I love it too. I I feel it immediately when I put it in my body. So go to C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. That's symbiotica.com. On checkout, use the code capital C, capital H, capital E, capital K, 15. That's CHECK15. While you're there, make sure you check out all their other products, and your 15% discount is across the board. If you have kids or if you want just good general health, immune function, and just overall good vitality, go to the Omega. My observation is that it wouldn't matter how deep you took somebody into breath work or how deep they go into plant medicines or any of these types of things, meditation. Your soul won't bring something into consciousness until you're ready to heal it. Right. Um, I just wondered what your thoughts are on that.
0: I can say, if I only speak about my own personal Process like when I first started doing this, my dad was very ill, mm-hmm. and my life was so it was super upside down. I was being an idiot just personally and how I took care of myself, and all of that breathing that and the work that I did at the beginning of my own practice, my own training, my own coming kind of coming into the life that I have now. It, uh, it was so. I can look back and see that was for that moment, that time, mm-hmm. and I had to go through all of that. It was really hard, mm-hmm. and
2: I it's did, like peeling an onion.
0: That's exactly that's exactly it. It's like I had to go through that, but now if I, I if I fast forward myself to now and I lay down and breathe, and something comes up, and it's so. Oh, it's so relevant to this moment in time. And it's, I I don't know if I'm answering your question right, but yeah, I think
2: you are, you're saying that it'll it'll come when it's at the right time. When
0: it comes, everything comes when it's meant to come. It's like we could go after we sit down here and speak for a while and we could go do another session and something completely different will
3: happen.
0: And you're entering into it from the state that you're in now, which is you just did this whole thing this morning Mm -hmm. and you're unwound in in one way or another. And now you're going to go back in and see what's there. So I think it's different for every single person Mm -hmm. and it's different every single time you do it Mm -hmm. and I think there's it's a combination right it's like someone's not gonna heal something that they're that's they're it's only gonna they're only gonna come in contact with the thing that's there right now and Mm -hmm. then how much does this person really want really want like somewhere consciously or not they're choosing to look at this and heal it Mm -hmm. or not I mean we can even look at Angie today it's like oh wow I really thought I had worked through all this stuff, and then it comes yes. up. She's like, "Okay, I need to look at this some more." Yeah, it's like, "Wow,
2: I'm, oh. I'm glad it, it came up for her." Just because I would love her to feel whole. I mean, she's not that she's not a whole person compared to most people, but any time—excuse me anytime we can find something that's painful trapped inside of us, if we heal it, it gives us more freedom. Yeah, you know and all that energy that it takes to maintain that repression that walling off is ultimately freed as creative energy when we let go of that you know and i I, an example i can give is you know when i started working with plant medicines i did a year of training with a doctor that uses them so i could learn to use them Mm. you know without getting anyone hurt and um We did a lot of deep journeys. You know, He would do private sessions with me Mm. uh, every week for about a year, and I would work on his body because he had some problems that I was skilled at dealing with. Mm. So I would work on him for a couple hours, and he would take me into a medicine ceremony. And this went on for, I think we did about 45 sessions together before he gave me the green light. Mm. But one of the things that came up out of the blue was my brother's suicide and Mm. i thought i'd healed that you know Mm. and this is like in my mid 40s when i started working with plant medicines i can't remember now uh 2006 and i'm 60 now so anyhow my brother committed suicide when i was 35 i think Mm. and he was 34 and so i'd had all these years to go through the grief and it was very intense i mean i Anyone that's had a family member commit suicide can understand what I'm saying. If you haven't, then it's just you'll never be able to connect to it. Just like a man never knows what it's like to have a baby, he can intellectualize it all he wants. But until your pelvis is being split in half, you'll never get it. Yeah. But boy, the first time that happened to me, I cried for hours. I cried so hard, I felt like. I'd been beaten up. It took, mm. I mean, literally my muscles ached for days. I, I cried so much, I think I dehydrated myself. Mm. And I thought, wow, I'm so glad I finally healed that. Mm-hmm. Well, the long story made short is it came up four more times, equally as intense. <sighs> right. And then I finally said, okay, I, I have got to be done with this. It's so painful. And I haven't had a, a reoccurrence. And I've done, you know, several hundred ceremonies since that time. But my point is that, obviously, I wasn't ready to deal with the full impact of it. Right. And I thought I had. And then even when I thought I had, mm-hmm. it had roots that went even deeper. Yeah. And so, my soul took me, and fortunately, my soul gave me a break. like, Yeah. Because some of these things are so intense, I literally feel like I was going to die of the pain of it. Yeah. And so... I, I've worked with countless people on these kinds of issues, and I see that you don't want to... Um, I think one of the things immature therapists do is they try to bring everything someone's got up right. to the surface. And I'm like, you know, you're you're about to open Pandora's box. And, <laughs> yeah. and I've seen what happens because I'm one of the people people come to after Pandora's <laughs> yeah. box has been opened. And I'm like, yeah. you know, that's just too too much too fast you have to have time to process you know people don't realize that there's a digestive process in the psyche yeah and every organ in our body we have a subtle body organ that matches it so we have to do metaphysically we have to detox our emotions and our thoughts with our spiritual liver We have to digest food Mm. with—we have to digest emotions and thoughts with our physical stomach, but there's a metaphysical stomach, an energetic stomach right around it.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: And those organs are actually there when when the cell meets the egg, Mm. and that's how the body knows what cells need to become. Stem cells can become teeth, eyes— it all follows the energetic blueprint that comes in with us. Mm -hmm. And the Tibetan monks demonstrated that 900 years ago. Most people don't realize that, but they were really the first pioneers of showing that at the moment of gestation, the entire energy body with all Mm. the meridians is in place. And that's how cell mitosis knows what to do. It's following Mm. this energetic imprint and we carry stuff in from past life experiences. And one of the names for that is miasm. So the, the the whole point is is that we all have to realize that, as you said, a breathing section, a session or plant medicine session, or even just all of a sudden in your life, you might find yourself starting to get depressed and you don't know why. And it's mm-hmm. because your soul is trying to bring your awareness to something that it's time for you to heal so that you can fulfill the path right. of becoming who you meant to be. Right. And one of the things that, that I find disconcerting as all get out is that Everybody throws drugs at it. Yeah. You know, it's like, no, you don't want to numb that out. Please, no, stop it. Yeah, you've got to, you know, and and so much money's being made on drugging and numbing everything, and alcohol, of course, is the chief numbing drug, and that's, you know, I've always found it interesting that they will, they're happy to let soldiers drink all the alcohol they Mm -hmm. want, but they don't Mm -hmm. want to smoke in pot or using anything that'll heal them. Right. You know? so anyhow another conversation well i conversation. think i
0: think what you're talking about too another like the flip side of it is like um you're not in charge here in a way meaning, it's like meaning like your soul is on its journey that it's yeah, on yeah and you're only going to heal according to how you're going to heal yeah and to like try and push that river I've you can there's a time to push the river and there's yeah. a time to not push the river yeah. but ultimately like you have a s you have a soul mm-hmm. there's a there's a guiding force here mm-hmm. and ultimately in the from way I see it like you're not that in, you're not in charge
2: no. yes you have because what you think of as you is really your ego and that's exactly
0: that's exactly it
2: yeah yeah and that's just the tip of a very big iceberg <laughs>
0: here here we go again <laughs> yeah
2: um you want to give listeners a, an example of, yeah. of your breath work? Just, and if you're driving, is it safe to do while people drive?
0: Um, I'd say maybe not drive.
2: So That'd be if cool. you're listening while you're driving, that's cool. You can do it when you get home. If you're operating a power tool that might cut you or hurt you, I wouldn't do that either. That'd
0: be not great.
2: But for most of you, this is a good chance to lay on the floor. Yeah. And get ready.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you want the full effect, I would say lay down on the floor, close your eyes. Just be relaxed. You can lay on the couch, on a bed or whatever. Or if you're sitting up, that's cool too. But you want to just close your eyes and you want to obviously bring your awareness into your breath. And the breath technique is really, it's simple and it's three-parted. So the first part is that it's focused on the inhale. next is that it's done through the mouth and then focused in the chest so it's like a surprise (sighs) and then once your breath is full it just comes out (sighs) (sighs) i'm gonna move my microphone so i'm not
2: that sounds good though it gives us that experience (sighs) (sighs)
0: And then just let it go it feels so good just activating all the kundalini you might feel a
2: little dizzy has it ever brought you to orgasm oh for sure because i was going to say it, it's uh, you know it's quite an orgasmic feeling that i was having and it was bringing up As I told you, lots of sex memories.
0: Well, I used to do this class in Lexington, Kentucky, and it was most women over 60, 65, Mm. well into their 70s and a few in their 80s. And that was one of my favorite classes because those women, at that point in their life, they just could give a shit. Yes. They're just like, I'm free. I'm going to paint and I'm going to do classes. I'm going to travel, go to Florida, whatever they're doing. But they these women. It was packed. That class was packed all the time because there was this very uh, orgasmic experience that these women were having mm. after years of not having those experiences. Yeah. They were coming and they were really igniting this sexual energy that, for a lot of them, felt like oh, it's not. This isn't the thing that I'm doing anymore. That was for my younger days, mm-hmm. and then. They've had, they're having these full body orgasmic yeah. experiences. And for myself, like, I would say the first, like, I don't know, two to three years that I did it, every single breath I did felt sexual. Wow. Every single one, it was like, oh, it, it, I don't, I mean, if I look back, I think I was like, oh, wow. I was probably very repressed and had a lot of conditioning around, um, sex, shame, all of that. So and it was just healing it, healing it just mm-hmm. to like set all the energy free. And it's mm-hmm. like, um, I I am I I understand sexual energy and it's something that I'm using not like to have sex mm. but as a healing as part well, of libido. my libido.
2: It's it, life force energy. It,
0: that's right. It's like to me, like sexual energy is just like it's life. Mm. Everybody has it, and it's about using it for healing, for energy, creativity, for creativity. Yeah, I think it's uh, an untapped resource given all yeah. of our religious oppressive. Cultural, cultural yeah.
2: things. <laughs> yeah, we think we need, we need to get the church to start breathing.
0: We do need the church to start breathing. We
2: also need the government to breathe. The government should definitely breathe. And oh. we need Fauci and Gates and Sh- Klaus Schwab and Soros all to <laughs> sit with you for about a 200-hour session.
0: I would do that. That would be super weird, and I would do it for sure.
2: I would be your assistant <laughs> and bring you water and everything for, else you needed
0: from your mouth to god's ears may this happen for us I oh feel it.
2: great spirit well if we yeah. all do it ourselves we can transfer the energy to them for sure yeah. because ultimately those are very wounded people we all yeah most of us that are conscious enough to realize that realize that when you couple money with psychopathy you get what we got
0: yeah me agreed
2: Hi everyone. Please raise your hand if you enjoy having dried out, aged looking skin, wrinkled skin, acne, skin blemishes that make you look unhealthy, or skin that itches from lack of supportive nutrients. No hands? Just what I expected. You know, even though I'm a 60 year old man, I still want healthy skin because looking good helps me feel good too. Our skin is a living barrier that protects us from the sun, the elements, and a myriad of invasive organisms that try to enter us through our skin. Anyone that understands skin knows that good complexion begins on the inside, and that's exactly why Organifi created Organifi Glow, so you and your family can be healthy, stay young, and feel and look great from the inside out. My family and I love Organifi Glow, and so does our skin. This refreshing blend of organic nutrients not only tastes great, it supports your body's innate collagen production and promotes brighter, radiant skin. Boost your hydration and nourish your skin with 13 clinically studied superfoods. And unlike most companies that claim to be organic, Organifi does use certified organic nutrients and has been the only company that could show me their certifications upon request. Organifi Glow supports and promotes collagen synthesis so you regenerate beautiful skin naturally, supports and promotes hydration, nourishes your skin from the inside out by optimizing skin hydration. Organifi Glow includes tremella Mushroom, which provides five times the moisture of hyaluronic acid, which is commonly used in skin products to increase moisture. Organifi Glow offers a delicious raspberry lemonade taste, but unlike most plant-based products, is certified to be free of glyphosate, which is extremely important today. It also includes plant-based collagen from bamboo, which is a very rare ingredient because most collagen is animal-based. Not only that, Organifi Glow includes bioavailable vitamin C from Ace Rolla cherry with all its natural cofactors that support absorption and supports your immune system at the same time. Additionally, it's important to remember that your skin is often a reflection of your gut health. The collagen and prebiotic fiber in Organifi Glow has been shown to improve gut health by repairing the gut lining and feeding healthy bacteria in our microbiome, so not just your skin, but your whole body gets nourished. To get your Organifi Glow and love your skin, go to Organifi.com forward slash check 20 and I'll even make it better. All Living 4D listeners get 20% off when they use the promo code capital C, capital H, capital E, capital K, 20. So your promo code is CHECK20, all in caps. Enjoy Organify Glow. We love it. I love it. And I know you will too. Did you want to say anything else about the practice? I'm sorry I jumped oh. in so quick there. I got excited and thought, yeah. <laughs> forgot we were doing a practice for everybody online on the call.
0: Um, yeah, I think, look, if you wanted to try it out, there's ways that you can try it out. We'll give you the info about it. Um, I I feel like it's a really simple, non-dogmatic practice where you don't have to believe anything. You don't have to believe in anything. You just have to come and be a part of the experiment and you just use your breath in a way it's this it's you've got access to it all the time and if you can <laughs> learn something a way to access part of you that you weren't accessing before then you have it for forever it's mm-hmm. like may angie never forget what she got today she couldn't couldn't
2: yeah no and so you led right into my next question with the statement coming and being part of the experiment. Mm. There's a huge problem amongst <laughs> men with, with impotence today. Mm. Are you, do you know the term impotence, what it means? Uh, Premature ejaculation? Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's a tremendous problem with that. In fact, I've had multiple 18 and 19-year-old athletes reach out to me to ask me how mm. to get off of Viagra. That's outrageous. And I'm like, holy shit, man. I had no idea that an 18 or a 19-year-old would even fathom Viagra. Wow. And this is athletes. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Um, and without a long discussion of the reasons this is happening, because that would be a whole another podcast, mm-hmm. but um, – you know, the sympathetic system is responsible for ejaculation and the parasympathetic Mm. system is what keeps the penis erect.
3: Mm -hmm. So
2: if someone's overly sympathetically stimulated, which almost everybody is, they're going to prematurely ejaculate. And having studied a lot of books on sex, and Osho became famous Mm. as a sex teacher, you know, his Mm -hmm. first successful book was about sex. And so I've experimented with a lot of breathing techniques for sexual enhancement. I just wondered if you had any thoughts on your particular technique and Mm -hmm. and do you think that would enhance men's ability to um, not ejaculate prematurely
0: yeah i mean i think my answer is sort of the same answer that maybe i've already given which is like we're looking for the natural state of the body yeah and i think what i'm also interested in is connection Mm -hmm. and i think part of why a lot of what's happening what you're speaking of of 18 19 year olds like taking viagra that's so insane yeah. but it's like there's several things that are missing here and one is the natural state of the body and it we're so we can get so influenced like there's so much i don't know stress global stress yeah. not to mention people taking drugs yeah. and dampening down these natural systems of the mm-hmm. body the natural um uh revealers like things that like there's triggers in the body that are for good it's like they can trigger Mm -hmm. for us to like oh we need to look at this we need to look at that or whatever but we're dampening everything down Mm -hmm. so to me i feel like any kind of breath practice whether it's my breath practice any breath practice it's going to do a couple things one is it's going to connect you Mm -hmm. it's going to connect you to you and i think a lot of where the problems come up with. Uh, this is just my view as a woman looking at men. Well, out there. I, I love hearing it. Yeah, I think it's.
2: I love it enough to bring, have you come here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I think that that there's a huge problem with connection. Yeah. Between everybody.
2: Yep. And That's I, part of the reason I asked you about the masks, by the way.
0: Yeah, I think there's we have a huge connection problem. It's like everybody's against everybody else, which is like you go off on a tangent not off on the other side. It's like everybody's a freaking activist, and then, and when you're an activist, you're just against somebody else. Like, yeah, I don't want to live like that.
2: No, me either.
0: I'm, I'm for everybody. I'm for humanity. I'm mm. for healing. I'm for compassion. I'm for empathy. Mm-hmm. And. I've got opinions and I don't agree with a lot of things, Mm -hmm. but I also don't want to be against anybody. And I think this is a bigger problem. Mm -hmm. If if I really zoom out and look at, because we're talking about the most natural thing. It's like sex. Oh my God. Like Mm -hmm. it's so, it's, it's (laughs) it's It's everything. God, It's God. It's like the pleasure act that Mm -hmm. we get to, um, use whenever we want, like it's, we can use it to enlighten ourselves to and heal. to heal. And it's been just totally
2: desecrated. It, ha- it has been, it has been shit on, vomited on. Yeah. Wrapped in barbed wire and, and it's, and- Unfortunately, you can thank religion for the biggest job of scurrying up the natural.
0: Yeah. And there's just, to me, it's like, where's the love in any of it? Yeah. I, it's, there's like people build businesses now on like how to get back to like the love inside of the lovemaking. Yes. And I feel like that's the real tragedy. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> I think Tantra is so beautiful because oh, it really yeah. teaches that. Yeah. I've studied quite a lot of Tantra and I've even studied different cultures views of tantra and and i think i think if we really could take some of the core teachings from tantra and make them part of our educational curriculum because there's a lot of breath work in mm-hmm. it there's a lot of consciousness in it and and there's also you know tantra really teaches about the erotic and mm. and that the physical act of sex is really the lower form of the higher because ultimately what we're looking for often through sex is something that fulfills us yeah and i don't mean um fulfills like the sense of i just ate a donut and i'm happy now i mean a connection to what we really are yeah you know so the physical act of sex, and I believe this is why there's so much of an addiction to pornography, is people are desperately trying to fill the the space that can only be filled by the holy, by the truly sacred. Mm -hmm. And so when sex is a physical act without that sacred connection, you know, like, if you make love to somebody and you look into their eyes and you breathe them and they breathe you mm-hmm. it takes you way beyond the body it takes you yeah. it takes you into um really a truly spiritual experience yeah. and so when when people are caught in all this judgments of themselves about their natural urge for sex or masturbation or any of that stuff mm-hmm. Then they never really let themselves engage the sex act, right. so what happens is it just keeps being masturbation with someone else's body right and so from a tantra perspective, it's because you're not engaging the erotic right, and the erotic is the holy the the erotic is that place of ultimate fulfillment, and that's when you have experiences like making love and realizing that you are the other person and they are you and that you are also everything around you you know it expands and expands to the point where you go oh my god and and you realize you are the universe you are the flowers you are Mm. the birds and they're you in some special way you know the ego has a very hard time with these things because it divides everything and it puts walls up right and so i think that if people learned How to use breathing work to not only enhance their sex, but to um, to open themselves to the mystery. Because just like we were talking about, Mm -hmm. you never know what's going to happen in a breathing session, right? But you really don't ever know what's going to happen in an experience of the erotic. So the ego has to be brave enough to to um, open itself to a mystery. Yeah, and I think. I think, I think when people's lives get stressful, they're desperate to try to control something, to try to yes. convince themselves they're not going to have more pain tomorrow. And I think <laughs> that's why drugs are so popular because mm-hmm. if you if you can make the pain go away, you think it's not going to happen tomorrow. But if you're not really looking at why it's come, right. then it inevitably comes because you haven't really resolved it yet. Yeah, you exactly. haven't brought it to closure. Mm-hmm. So it's it's it's. Quite interesting. My next question is, are there any specific breathing te- uh, uh, techniques that you could share to enhance sexual pleasure for women aside from what you've just shared?
0: Yeah, well, I think just one thing I wanted to say about what you are sharing is like there's a healing work in general. A lot of it is done as a solo person. Mm -hmm. And I think the beauty of sex and where it can be creative and healing is in the union. Yeah, It's like in the coming together. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Coming and the coming together.
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, both are necessary for full union.
0: But I think that's, um, this is a, uh, it's your question about what can enhance sexual pleasure. I think just, um, (laughs) I feel like I keep answering with the same answer. It's like for women to really heal the wholeness of the body until like, I don't know any women, I am this is not a new thought out there in the world, but like, I don't know one woman who doesn't have some kind of sexual trauma, sexual violation, something that has happened to some body physical violation. I don't know. I don't know any women that doesn't have that. That is, and I don't maddening. think that's all
2: because of men. Because women do no. it to each other in gay relationships.
0: Yes, I, I don't. I think there's something like goes back to the very first thing that um, lesbian
2: the, relationships. Sorry, guys.
0: Yeah, sorry, guys. Um, goes back to one of the first things that you were talking about. Is like there's purpose and order to everything that's happening in this time, in this moment, in the way that it is happening. It is divine. Mm-hmm. So I think there's something here on in a collective way that women as far as the people that I know and the culture that I live in that there's something that we we need to collectively heal yeah. and I think this is on us actually it is on
2: us yeah
0: and I think I think it's even on like I've had my own share of sexual violation and to me I'm a grown up like it's on me to heal that mm-hmm. and I think working on yourself and working on the physical body and the esoteric spiritual body is going to put you in touch with your pussy. Mm, <laughs> and, and, I you know, actually I've,
2: have a podcast on penis and pussy massage. Mm. Yeah, it's really quite good. And and Angie took the class and then tried I got to be her model. Mm. And, and she I got it gave her an A plus. Oh good. A, a plus. plus. Yeah. Okay. A, good. a plus. Yeah.
0: Well, A plus for that class. I should probably
4: take Yeah, it. you might like it. It's <laughs> yeah. it's it's
2: it's, uh, it's right on my podcast. It's yeah, uh, I'll check it out. Phil and Miranda Delaire. Okay. I, I don't know if Miranda's using Phil's last name, but Phil Delaire and Miranda Penis and Pussy Massage, and I can testify it works, and Angie also said the pussy massage component of it works very good as well.
0: You got an A+, plus too, is what you're trying to say.
2: No, she did the, the <laughs> pussy massage thing. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I, I haven't asked her for a grade on that, but she certainly never says no, so I think I'm doing okay. Okay, good. I, I haven't had any women actually say no, so... I think maybe, a plus all around for maybe you. Maybe I learned along the way. It <laughs> took me a while, but you know. yeah. Okay, so basically, what you're saying is that there's no specific technique.
0: I don't. I don't know. I think I don't have any specific tip to say like do it this way or do it mm-hmm. that way. I mean, probably
2: just keep doing it.
0: Keep doing it. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: Both the, the breathing there. and there, the there, 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 there. That, yeah. that way, yeah. No, I think there's. You got to heal yourself. The more healing you do, the more natural you are. The more natural you are, the more you're connected to yourself. And the more connected you are, the more you can listen and know what you want. Yes. And I think that's more more it than anything. It's like even in sex. I think if I have any advice for women in sex, slow down. You breathe, actually breathe, Mm -hmm. and slow down. Like it's not just it's not a race, and I Mm -hmm. think we've been conditioned to have sex in a certain way. Mm -hmm. And if we can just slow down, slow the whole process down, use our breath to slow down, it's just going to be way more pleasure, pleasure, pleasureful, and your desires are going to be more clear.
2: My experience is it's mostly the men that that need to slow down. I I Yeah. yeah, I've had some women that that want to they're very excited and it's you know kind of like a tiger which is cool for a guy i mean most guys i know like the tiger but um i found women very receptive to slow sex to to really like taking your time and you know going around the garden making sure everyone gets kissed and cuddled and Mm -hmm. it's generally men i think that it's, you know, the wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, kind of, they just want to blow a load and go to sleep. Yeah. But I think that also is just due to the lack of, of. Um, I think two thing happens. We're having a, a sex podcast today, which is good. <laughs> it turns out. I think two things happen. I, I, I think it's fun to share this with you. Um, I think human beings make a common mistake and the mistake is they think they know their partner. Yeah. And I think sex, when you have sex with someone and you think you already know them, then you uh, basically abolish the exploration of the mystery. And so it starts to be mechanical and repetitive. And I think that's what drives women crazy. Yes. Um. So I think if sex was an invitation to learn something about each other that's new and novel and exciting, then it would be more of an open exploration, just like a breathing session.
0: That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah, It's the same.
2: But if if you just have this idea in your head, we're going to do it this way, and we're going to do it, and it's going to be done. And
0: I'm going to rub this way, this yeah, because I know you like that.
2: Yeah, or I think you like that. Yeah. But um, I think what what I'm saying is is that the danger is in thinking you know what you want, and you think you know what the other person wants. And yes. the day you think you know what you or the other person wants is the day it starts to become a fossil. Right. And fossils in your crotch don't feel good. They
0: do not, turns
2: out. Turns out. <laughs> I don't want to know. I don't want to ask you how you have such an authoritative voice on that one. Oh,
0: I've just given myself away, haven't I? <laughs>
2: well, I'm sure you've gotten the fossils out.
0: There's no fossils there now. There's no so fossils. We're good, good everybody. Yeah,
2: we're good. That's good. Um, yeah. uh, Nathan, as you know, well, you know Nathan, but he, he's our family OBGYN, and thank the fucking Lord for that. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, the shit we had to put up with at the hospital and with OBGYNs until we found Nathan. It was like meeting God as a doctor. Mm-hmm. It really was. I believe that. I'll never forget the experience of, Nathan didn't know who Angie and I were, but he walked into our room and we had orgone pyramids everywhere <laughs> and and emf protection and bags of organic food and a five gallon (laughs) bottle of our own water from from palomar mountain and he likes what's going on he goes these are not normal people i (laughs) like it though yeah and so he comes back a few hours later and he took it upon himself out of his own curiosity to research my name Uh. and he goes oh my god you own a health institute and I said yeah I love what you teach he says we gotta talk to each other and that was the beginning of our relationship so now now that right there shows you something yeah here's a doctor that was smart enough to observe and Mm -hmm. say these people are not ordinary people I want to find out who they are right and now he's a a Czech holistic lifestyle coach and Mm -hmm. has transitioned into a holistic practice and I'm like Wow, what a freaking blessing. We supported each other. You yeah. Know?
0: Um, the, he's such a perfect example of like Nathan doesn't resist. Yeah. He doesn't. Like he's he's like he wants to eat the, uh, all the pies. Yeah. So it's just like more, 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 <laughs> more, 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 more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's not like, oh, these people are weird. I'm going to go. He's not that at all. Yeah. He's, he's in full acceptance of life, whatever is in front of him. Yeah. It's the beauty of him.
2: So he was telling me that your breath work was extremely helpful to Stephanie in the delivery of their daughter mm-hmm. Um, and that she had a very rapid um, yeah. um labor. Yeah. You know, when Angie was in the hospital with me and her mother and Nathan, she had 36 hours of
3: intense wow.
2: pain. Wow. Intense. And she got to the point where she was so physically exhausted, Nathan had to give her a... uh um uh, epidural mm. um and it went on for another 12 hours after that wow but and my first wife I sat through the labor with her she took 72 hours Whew. and they finally had to do a cesiotomy on her which I wish they wouldn't have cuz mm-hmm. that's not ever good for a woman mm-hmm. but someone like Nathan would never do that he'd have all sorts of other options mm-hmm. you know that were better but I was just wondering if maybe you could just share a little overview of of what it was that you think um, your what was there any different mechanism for your breath work for delivery or was it the same thing you did with us? Or? It's the
0: same thing that I did with you, but I think where it dovetails with the birth process is that we're talking about resistance mm-hmm. and the body is. And in, in it's infinite <laughs> resistance. It's yeah. just what it is. And in birth, you have to let go. You have to. Yeah. Otherwise, nature is going to force you to do it. Yeah. And so the breath is allowing the body to open up to alter so that Mm -hmm. that resistance actually starts going down. Mm -hmm. And so then it's much easier for the body to let go. And I have breathed tons of pregnant women at this point. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would say more than 100 pregnant women I've done the breath work with. Mm -hmm. And there's something energetically, I mean, obviously (laughs) there's the the whole other process going on that's not um, what is going on in non-pregnant people. Right. So the body's already shifted and open. It's already opening from the moment that baby starts growing. The body's in this process, natural process, to be open. So Mm -hmm. women breathing in that process, that natural process that's already going on, are already in this, their energetic freeways are just flowing differently. Mm -hmm. They just are. I don't even know how to put words on it.
2: Well, they have to because it's, if they don't. It, it'll kill a woman and the child. Right.
0: So, I mean, just to say briefly about this experience, because I had done several sessions with Stephanie pr- in, during her pregnancy, mm-hmm. and then she invited me to come and do the labor breathing. When she went into labor, mm-hmm. she wanted me to come and do a session with them because she was mm-hmm. like, this is going to be a long thing. Mm-hmm. It'd be great to just do a do a breathwork session and, I'll, and th- I'll feel good, and then I'll go in and give birth at some point. Mm-hmm. But I got there... We set up, started the breath work. At like 35, 40 minutes in, she called in the midwife. I leave the room, and five minutes later, the baby was born. Wow.
2: Have you ever found yourself feeling frustrated because you can't find food worth eating in airports when working on the road, traveling, or when pressed for time, and you have to rush out of the house before you can make something you can trust as real food? I know I sure have. Well, I've got a beautiful surprise for you. I found Paleo Valley. Paleo Valley has extremely high standards and use only the highest quality, cleanest sources for their animal and plant food products and they have excellent jerky meats neatly packaged so you can take them anywhere and never be stuck without something great to feed your beautiful body and stabilize your mind. I love their pasture-raised turkey sticks in their original or cranberry-orange flavor. I'm allergic to beef, but Angie Penny and the kids absolutely love their grass-fed beef sticks which come in jalapeno, summer sausage garlic summer sausage teriyaki and original flavors i can assure you paleo valley's meat sticks are so good you could literally make a meal out of them or have them as snacks and you'd feel satisfied and satiated and know you have fed your body top quality nutrition that will make your cells dance for joy paleo valley has lots of other great additions to meet your food nutrition needs and their website is loaded with great articles podcasts recipes and more Go to paleovalley.com, that's P-A-L-E-O-Valley.com, and get your 15% living 4D discount by using the code check15. That's small case C-H-E-K 15 on checkout. The whole family will be satiated, nourished, and glad that you did. Enjoy. One of the things that I felt very strongly, and I felt it in a variety of of types of breath work but was quite strong with you was the amount of life force energy chi running through your body i mean i literally felt like i was um what's a good way to describe it you know like a low voltage electrical fence Mm. if you try to hold on to an electric fence it's like whoa there's a lot of power in there but like my hands were, and my feet, mm-hmm. and even from my brain all the way down my spine, mm-hmm. it was literally like I was alive with electrical current, mm-hmm. L- like buzzing, Yeah, you know. Um, my point is, is that, you know, birthing takes a lot of energy. So I can right. see that by charging yourself up with a lot of chi and prana like that, which prana is another form of chi, but life force, that it gives you a lot of power, the body, because to give birth takes a lot of energy. A lot. So it seems like you're supercharging their energetic resources for that particular event, and I I think that could really save a woman. A lot of women could avoid C-sections and all sorts of pelvic floor traumas and things like that.
0: I think there's so many levels um, of... uh, Things I don't even know what to call them, in that process where the breathwork helps. A lot of what Stephanie and I talked about was around purpose. It's like everybody in the room she didn't want to be a spectacle her husband's an obgyn Mm -hmm. you know she didn't want to be like she didn't want people high-fiving over her or anything like that she wanted to have a holistic experience where everyone in the room had purpose and that happened and that was because of her and her desire and like what we created inside of doing the breath nathan breathing she was breathing i was there to guide and then it just created this whole swirl of energy Mm -hmm. for the whole experience to exist inside yeah and then a lot of it was a Around creating the space. Mm-hmm. Like to use our breath. To like build the room. Build mm-hmm. the energetic. Spiritual sacred mm-hmm. space. It is
2: a very real issue. It's
0: real. Mm-hmm. And so that was another part of our conversation. That's one
2: of the things that's missing in hospitals.
0: For sure.
2: Hospitals are That's why are we sterile. brought all that stuff with us. To create our own sacred space And Yeah. They're
0: built on concrete and metal. And it's just. Uh, everything's interfering with the like.
2: Piles of electromagnetic pollution. And lights. Right. And interruptions. And. Right. We won't even go into it, but yeah, <laughs> it, it, sacred space is real. But yeah, I just thought it was fantastic that she, uh, both of them, really attributed your breathwork to the, to th- the efficiency of the process. Well,
0: that and also because the baby was first of all the baby was born asleep. Oh, she they woke her up. Wow. Yeah. So, like she was in the birth canal for five hot seconds, right. And then she just came out. And I think this is something that's so important to me. I've been working with um someone that uh, Nathan actually connected me to. Her name is Marin at Indie Birth. If anyone wants some midwifery. Uh, sorcery. She's it. Um, mm-hmm. But the, uh, she and I got into this conversation about what the babies want. Mm-hmm. It's like, yes, you can create this for the mother and for the experience to be much more ecstatic and mm-hmm. less traumatizing on the mother, but also the babies.
2: Like, I think if I could interject, yeah, one of the things that doctors have done Is they've turned the whole birthing process into one fear after another. Totally. So women are afraid of every disease, and you got to take this vaccination and that vaccination and this pill and that pill, and your kid could have this, your kid could have that. We got to do this scan, we got to do that scan, we got to do this test. So by the time a woman's going into labor, she's like, Oh my God! I'm afraid I might be giving birth to Frankenstein. Yes, I wonder if the doctors were right. Uh, You know, you—that's just the opposite of how you get someone ready to to give birth. And and that's one of the reasons I love Nathan so much, is he Mm -hmm. just gets rid of all that crap. Yes, one of the most common things he said is, "Angie, trust your body. Yes, trust your body. It knows what it's doing. Yes, you know." And I think we've got to. You know, and thank God for for Nathan and people like him that they're working on healing the medical illness of the industry of medicine. But I think, I think if everybody would listen to their body more and have a relationship with it on every level, men and women, mm-hmm. because our kids are now mirroring all of our dysfunctions. Yeah. I mean, we've got kids being born with arteriosclerosis and yeah. diseases and... I'm just like, oh my God! You know, this is the end of the human race happening here. We have better wake yeah. up fast and wake up fast. Start breathing and and start eating real food and drinking clean water and paying attention to the environment and and stop reading books that scare the shit out of you that tell you what God wants and is God going to do to you? Jeez, yes, you know, and please the, stop. Yeah. So I think you know, I think the beautiful thing about what I experienced through you and your breath work is that it's a great chance to see what your body and your soul have to offer you. Yeah. It's sort of a mysterious package because it's like a plant medicine ceremony. I tell people, especially young males because mm-hmm. they get cocky. They think, oh, I'm gonna do it. Mm-hmm. Like, like, let me tell you something. You better get rid of that attitude right now. Yeah. Because once you take that sacrament right there, your ego's gonna get its ass kicked right the hell out of the ballpark, mm-hmm. and you're gonna be exposed to a mystery that never repeats itself twice. And I think if we woke up every day with the joy of exposing ourselves to the mystery instead of trying to have this iron-fisted idea about what's gotta happen or who I am or whatever, it would make life a lot more exciting.
0: Well, and I think that's the spiritual path. It is. That's the That spiritual path is like the... Uh, being curious in the unknown. That's all the spiritual path is. And it's like to keep with practice and the practice of like chop wood, carry water, chop Mm -hmm. wood, carry water. It's so that whenever anything comes your way, you're prepared, you're Mm -hmm. ready. And it's fun. It's less.
2: I describe spirituality as a progressive connection to a greater wholeness. Yes. The act of practicing spiritual living is the openness to... A deeper realization of relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, first it's the ego, it's I, me, my. Then you realize that you and your partner are growing together and experiencing life. Then you realize you couldn't be here without the birds, the bees, and the flowers, and the trees. And then you go, oh, wait a minute, they couldn't be here without the sun and the moon. Mm. So then you start... Realizing that the sun and you have an intimate relationship, the moon and you have an intimate you say, well, geez, well, the sun couldn't be here without the galaxy. And, mm-hmm. and so then you get to the point over time where you realize that the entire universe is at one with us. And it's very hard for most westerns mindsets to conceive of that because they've turned everything into objects in the sky, right. or trees are just shit you cut down when you want some <laughs> firewood or you want to build yeah. a house. You you know, but when you get to the point where you actually have a conversation with a tree and it tells you something that you haven't been able to find the answer to in 10 years. And you go, holy shit, that's a smart tree. Yeah. You know, that can spin you for a while. Yeah. And that's why I teach students in my uh, holistic lifestyle, uh, level three program quite often how to communicate to plants and trees. Mm. Cause I've had, I've gone out and asked plants t- to help me heal things before. And they've told me, oh, you know, you don't need to talk to me. You need to talk to that one over there. That's their Mm. specialty. And the next thing you know, I'm finding out that this particular herb's good for the lungs or this one's good for skin abrasions or whatever. And it's exactly how the natives live. That's where all of our medicines really came from, that the drug industry ripped (laughs) off from them. It's like, well, why don't we just go back to the real teachers? Yeah. So it's quite a, a, a journey. And it's lovely that you know, breathing work, once you learn to do it, you can do it anytime, anywhere, really. Yeah. And you can grow, you can heal, you can get more energy, you can become more conscious, you can have fun. Yeah. And if you do it with somebody, you can have a deeper, intimate connection. Yeah. So I think that's lovely. Um, My last question for you is, I'd love it if you can share one or two things you do with your own breathing to enhance your life that you've never spoken about before. I'm putting you on the spot.
0: Yeah, I think, I think what comes like pops in my mind. Um, this probably seems obvious, but like uh, I'm a human being. And I get turned upside down (laughs) with certain things, and I am notoriously like finding some secret spot to like go and take breaths (laughs) by myself. (laughs) Yeah, um, I I mean, uh, I feel like it's I'm doing I do it in like a secret way, Mm -hmm. which is like (laughs) seems funny since I'm the breath work person, but um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if. Uh, i don't know i mean i like secret breathe yeah um to enhance my life i mean i do have a practice that i keep to in the mornings like i i get up and i um i have a myriad of things i'm doing and it's always kind of changing but i always do some breathing uh, in the morning so i think that that would be like the one thing that maybe I've spoken about it. I don't know. Uh,
2: (laughs) So you're doing your breathing in the morning to ground you in the breath and the awareness to remember, to remember.
0: Yeah. It's always a remembering. I'll do just like either two minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes. I never do. I, I'll go through periods where I'll do hour long practices on my own, but which I do not recommend actually if you're first starting.
2: No, because you might find yourself needing some help.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. But I, you know, I I will breathe some every day. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's just so that I remember. Mm-hmm. I remember where I am, why I'm here to connect to myself and to not forget all the things that I've healed and worked on and worked through and to acknowledge mm-hmm. and honor mm-hmm. the part of me that sticks to my <laughs> spiritual path and that yeah. keeps is still in the investigation always.
2: One thing that came to my mind while you were talking and this is something that I do a lot of is if if I have emotional pain in my heart or I've hurt myself like I smashed my finger lifting rocks for the first time in a couple years and Mm. it was very uncomfortable it swelled up like a sausage quite quick but what i do is i bring my awareness to that area and i i breathe through it Mm -hmm. so i bring my consciousness to the injury and then i talk through the cells and say let's breathe together we're going to be okay and i visualize as i'm inhaling as though the life force energy is coming in through the injured tissue. Mm. And then I exhale the pain out of the injured tissue. And I find that you can, with consciousness, you can direct your breath anywhere in your body. And so if you're having some kind of a disease problem, maybe someone's got a liver pathology, you Mm -hmm. can bring your awareness into your liver and connect to it and tell it you love it and then, Say, let's breathe together and then breathe through your liver. Feel it inhaling and expanding and see the light and the love of prana and chi entering. And then exhale and let the pain go, let the sadness go. Fill it with love and light. I found that to be super helpful and I've Mm -hmm. always healed every doctor that I've ever worked with is always common and like, wow, you heal really fast. Mm-hmm. I, when I was 15, I broke my left leg in five places, cliff diving. Hmm. And they told me it was probably going to take somewhere around 16 weeks for it to heal. And I went back for my four-week checkup and the doctor about shit himself. He said, what in the hell have you been doing? He said, your leg is healed. Hmm. But what I had been doing is my mother, um, We my 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 family owned a, a woolen factory and we had a sheep farm, a big one. And so we were selling wool to a lot of the Haida Indians and the natives on Vancouver Island. Mm. And so somewhere along the line, my mother or maybe my mom had talked to one of them and mentioned that I had broken my leg. And they told her to use comfrey tea they said we call it bone knit because it speeds bone healing mm. so my mother actually had some in our garden and so every day all day long i drank fresh comfrey tea and uh so i got my cast off in about i think 4 weeks wow and uh that was quite an amazing thing but um i wasn't uh, aware of breathing through things at that time but i i think that as an athlete, I just used my consciousness to project myself back into mm-hmm. motocross racing because for me, that was my heartbeat at that time. I needed mm-hmm. motocross racing to give me an outlet for all the stress in my family. So mm. I think that um, we can use breathing and consciousness to direct it to wherever we're physically, emotionally, or mentally stuck, traumatized, or um, blocked. Mm -hmm. And I think it's quite a neat experience when you realize that every one of your cells will respond to you and that they will breathe with you.
0: Yeah. I think, you know, I don't want to... I think there is something... I talk a lot about healing and transforming and, like, the real shift, the quantum shift, the, the actual releasing of trauma or patterns. But I also... There are benefits like the side things that the little rewards that can happen and i think physical healing is definitely one of them yeah it's like you can breathe like this for an hour and then your knee that was hurting doesn't like yeah. it, it really does take the inflammation down and takes mm-hmm. inflammation out of things mm-hmm. and i think that's that thing you were talking about, like, the clarity of your sight
6: mm-hmm. and
0: just, like, the feeling of clarity in your mm-hmm. mind. Like, it is, the the side effects mm-hmm. are all positive, I see. Yeah, I notice for myself, like, I heal really fast. Like, mm-hmm. even if it's just a bruise mm-hmm. or something, it's like, if I'll, I just bruised my wrist the other day. And I've noticed it's like, oh, zippity-doo. It just heals up really fast. So I think yeah. there are, you know, little hacky type of things that mm-hmm. are just, side benefits to doing a process like effigy
2: yeah what a great conversation um and thank you thank you for your your work and your compassion and your passion and uh it's lovely you know you can sense i i noticed it right away when i was talking to you through the internet i don't know what we were on skype or whatever we were on but zoom maybe Mm -hmm. but i i could feel that you were really present in yourself you know and it's very Mm -hmm. much in your eyes as well like you're there's a when you've spent as much time traveling the world as i have and and interacting with thousands and thousands of people you can feel when someone's aligned with their soul Mm -hmm. you know there's one person there there's (laughs) not two or three or ten or twelve or a (laughs) hundred you know it's like yeah um you know it's like i know that if i ran into you again i would I would be able to know that it would be you that would be showing up not yeah. some surprise like oh god that's not who I thought I was going to be today. <laughs> right. And I think it's lovely so thank you for that because yeah. that's something we need more of in the world. Um where can people learn more about you and and your offerings?
0: Yeah, so um my website's effigybreath.com it's e-f-f-i-j-i-breath.com and um if it's cool with you i've got just some special offers for people that follow your podcast please
2: yeah we love special offers on the living 4d with paul check
0: yeah there there'll be a discount for our virtual class and also we're rolling out our certification programs later this year so we'll offer discount for um for that as well um and We'll make, put it on our website special. It's effigybreath.com slash check. And um, yeah, you can find us on Instagram too, at effigybreath. It's E-F-F-I-J-I-B-R-E-A-T-H. And um, yeah, we're doing things all the time.
2: Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you got the resource. So hope you enjoyed the podcast today. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you to all of our sponsors Thank you guys for buying anything you buy from the podcast sponsors. It does support the podcast and allows me the support I, I need to have time to do all the background research and find people like Sarah. And thank you again, Nathan, for referring me to Sarah. And I love you for that and all the other things you do. And uh, thank you to all of you. And keep breathing, please. And uh, hey. Life's full of opportunity. We're all here to grow and heal together. And I think this is just one example of ways you can do it. And it's cheap, like free, at least until Bill Gates figures out how to charge us for breathing. It's free (laughs) for now until we let's all get together and heal Bill. He needs our help. And uh, lots of love to all of you. I look forward to sharing with you again. If you like the podcast today, please take a couple seconds and leave us a nice Uh, comment or rating on itunes or wherever you'd like and share it with your friends if you didn't like the podcast let's keep that our private secret (laughs) just kidding but anyhow lots of love to all of you i'll see you next time hopefully i will have something just as interesting and exciting and i try to make sure that they're all interesting and exciting so see you soon
1: thank you for listening to living 4d with paul check and today's guest sarah charmoli You can follow Sarah and Effigy on Instagram and Facebook at Effigy Breath. That's E-F-F-I-J-I-B-R-E-A-T-H. Visit their website at effigybreath.com forward slash check to get 50% off their virtual class. That's E-F-F-I-J-I-B-R-E-A-T-H dot com forward slash C-H-E-K for 50% off their virtual class. And if you're interested in the Effigy Certification Program, be sure to fill out the form you can find there to get $500 off just for Paul's podcast listeners. Follow Paul on Instagram at Paul.check, on Twitter at Paulcheck, or on his YouTube podcast channel youtube.com forward slash living4d with Watch more on Paul's blog at Paulcheck'sBlog.com and get your free subscription to Czech videos and more at the Czech Institute's new media site, chikiva.com. You can read the show notes and find links to the resources mentioned in this episode at checkinstitute.com forward slash podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and a warm review at the top of the show page on Spotify or at the bottom of the show page if you are listening on Apple Podcasts.